Your favorite band's about to play a sold-out show. You got in... Over here! ...with a friend and found a spot close enough to see the set list. They're definitely playing your song. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All hit radio. Welcome to the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the X Zone on the Talk Star Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Toll free at one eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five. That's toll free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. My email address is xzone at talkstarradio.com. On MSN Messenger, talkstarradio at hotmail.com. And our websites, www.xzoneradio.com and www.xzonetv.com. Question for you, Exonation. Did the Irish discover America 1,000 years before Columbus? Well, in elementary school, we learned that Christopher Columbus was the first European to discover America in 1492. Remember, remember that? Well, as we grew older, we learned of Leif Erikson and the Vikings visiting Greenland around 1000 A.D. Now there's growing evidence that an Irish saint was the first European to set foot in the New World a millennium before Christopher Columbus. Around 530 A.D., an Irish monk named St. Brendan set sail on a legendary voyage in search of the mysterious promised land of the saints. Convinced he'd found it, he returned to Ireland to tell his tale. Modern academia now believes that St. Brendan actually discovered America 1,000 years before Columbus. Now, our special guest this hour, Doug Elwell, is going to... Tell us the story of St. Brendan, as well as many others about ancient, mysterious Ireland. Doug Elwell is a passionate uh, researcher and has written articles on religion, history, mythology, and travel, and publishes Mysterious World, an online travel uh, journal of history, travel, and ancient mysteries. Mysterious World, Ireland is the first volume in their new series of travel guides, and we're talking about Ireland this hour here on the X-Zone. And Doug Elwell, always great having you uh, here with us on the X-Zone. How are things with you, and what's new with Mysterious Ireland? Great to hear from you again, Rob. Uh, 
things are going great. Actually, I had a very good year. As during uh, December, we had a good sales uh, period for Mysterious World Ireland, probably the best uh, since we published. And uh, there's always a perennial interest in Ireland and everything Irish. Even now, during these kind of economic dark times, people kind of look at it as a, as a great little escape to, to times, uh, maybe simpler times, happier times. I remember when I first wrote the book, it was a fantastic experience. And looking back on it uh, and the book and rereading through things, it's, uh, it's really been fascinating that Irish history and culture, how rich and, and uh, wonderful it was. Why why the Irish? For example, everybody loves to be Irish on St. Patrick's Day. They drink yep. green beer. They wear green with pride. My mother used to make green mashed potatoes. <laughs> And, uh, you know, we used to wear a green tie to shirt uh, to school. We used to wear something green all the time. And we'd stand there and freeze our little selves watching the St. Patrick's Day Parade in downtown Montreal. Mm-hmm. What is the fascination with the Irish? I think it has to do with a kind of a Celtic ethos of freedom and independence and a kind of a, a desire to be joyful. Uh, something about the Irish is they're the last bastion of Celtic, Celtic thought and, and life ways. In the West, uh, the Celts used to dominate the entire continent of Europe, but they were driven farther and farther west until they made their last stand in Ireland and Scotland. And uh, the old Celtic lifeways, uh, I think, are starting to make a comeback as people are realizing, you know, with all this technology... Now, we've got to take a commercial break. We'll be right back in two minutes. Exonation, don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.x. ZBN.net. Doug Elwell is our special guest this hour. We're talking about Mysterious World Ireland. And uh, Doug, what are some of the most misunderstood historical points about Ireland? I would say, uh, like you mentioned briefly before, the, uh, the fact that uh, St. Brendan probably mm-hmm. uh, discovered uh, America of 
uh, close to at least 800 years before Saint before uh, Christopher or Columbus. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, there's all kinds of actually quite a bit about uh, Ireland that is misunderstood. The uh, the concept of the shamrock and, the, and that sort of thing, the, the green beer. They really didn't. They really weren't into uh, St. Patrick's Day festivals until the Americans, for example, started celebrating it uh, themselves. The first St. Patrick's Day parade was actually held in New York, I think, 1764, thereabouts, uh, by uh, some Irish uh, policemen who wanted to uh, celebrate their culture. And then it took off in the United States, and it didn't really pick up in Ireland until about 10 years ago. And now it's a huge cultural phenomenon over there, and it's also a very big tourist attraction as well. How about uh, St. Patrick? Everybody associates St. Patrick with uh, Ireland, and very few people actually know the story about uh, St. Brendan. St. Patrick? Yeah. Uh, the, the St. Patrick is uh, it was actually came from uh, Wales, uh, for, from Cumbria, which is in southwestern England, or western England. He was originally, uh, he was also a Celt. He was a, but a different type of Celt. Uh, the, uh, the, the Welsh Celts are very similar. So when he, he was actually uh, taken by a, a raiding party of pirates sent by King uh, uh, Neil the Nine Hostages of, of Ireland, who came, who frequently raided the uh, English coast to take uh, slaves and sell them. And he ended up as a slave to a druid named Milku in uh, the Dal Riata, which is in, uh, in Ulster in Northern Ireland right now, what is now Northern Ireland. And but after six years, he managed to escape, but an angel uh, came and told him to escape and uh, and return to his, his home. And after that, he dedicated his life to God and uh, became a uh, began to study uh, to become a bishop. He actually studied in France and uh, the Abbey of Laurent under Saint Germain for several years until he uh, was called by uh, an angel again in a dream, said, "You should return to Ireland uh, and save the people there and minister on my behalf." Uh, so he was actually, coincidentally, or perhaps actually, uh, Pope uh, Celestine actually needed somebody to go to Ireland because the previous Bishop Palladius had been driven from the island by, a, by the uh, fierce Irish warriors who dominated the land there. Mm-hmm. So at the same time, uh, Patrick had had the dreams, visions of Irish children calling out to bring the word of God to them. Uh, Pope Celestine contacted, contacted him shortly thereafter, and said, I need you to be my bishop in Ireland, and that's how the, the story began. Now, what about St. Patrick uh, get, uh, ridding Ireland of snakes? Well, Ireland never actually had any snakes, geologically speaking. It's been separate for su- such a long time. The snakes ever, never actually managed to make it there. Uh, but the uh, the actual story of, of Patrick ridding the island of snakes had to do with uh, his uh, fight against druidry, uh, druidism. But the uh, symbol of the druids was the snake, and they uh, they had carved snakes on their staves, and they uh, so snakes really became kind of uh, it's really snakes throughout history of religion have always been a symbol of natural energy, and the druids drew upon natural energy and kind of worshipped idols, and when Con- Patrick came in conf- conflict with them, uh, his driving uh, druidism out by preaching and evangelizing, not by causing harm. He symbolically, quote-unquote, drove the snakes from Ireland. And also it has to do with the kind of the fact that there are actually no snakes in Ireland. So the two, the myth or the story and the legend kind of congealed together and created the story about Patrick driving all the snakes from Ireland. What what can people read about in your mysterious world travel guides? 
Well, basically, we cover as much as you can possibly pack into one volume. Mysterious World Ireland was designed to be a comprehensive overview of everything about Ireland from the very, very earliest history to modern times. The first half of the book uh, covers uh, the, the mystery, uh, the mythological uh, and prehistoric period of Ireland where all the, the ancient battles and the, the mythologies were derived. And then you have the historical period where we talk about the coming of Christianity and uh, the historical period thereafter because there was no written history before the Christians came. Christians brought with them books and the, and the very concept of written history. So that uh, with the coming of Christianity came the coming of historic, historical writing. So there was right. a, a separate period in Irish history. And then we have an entire section devoted to uh, traveling throughout Ireland, which we call The Journey, which is the majority of the book. And where uh, our author, our main author, was uh, Ian Middleton. He, uh, he actually traveled throughout the entire Ireland, spent several months uh, going pretty much every mysterious place you could go to, documenting everything. Mm. And it has a very fascinating uh, travelogue to go with it. It's very readable. Now, as far as the uh, the um, the archaeological aspects of Ireland, uh, what do you tr- what do you cover in in the travel guide? We actually have a listing of the different types of of archaeological artifacts with definitions like like dolmens and uh, you know all kinds of stone circles and and what what a fairy tree is and why it's important that sort of thing. Uh, there's Standing stones, the megaliths, the, uh, everything from a simple stone ring all the way up to uh, major monuments, uh, that, such as Newgrange, which is a gigantic stone structure that possibly predates the pyramids. Wow! Yeah, it's very old, uh, and it actually aligns. It actually aligns with the sun uh, rise, the sunrise on the uh, I think it's winter solstice. And uh, there's another uh, another uh, nearby, uh, to, uh, another nearby monument called Doth in the same region, which actually is lined up with the sunset on the winter solstice. So everything in the Celtic and, and Irish mythology and their religion was based on the cycles of the sun and the moon and the natural and the natural world. That's what they are all about. Now, what are some of the other mysteries that you cover in um, Mysterious World Ireland? Well, there's there's so much it's hard to figure out where to begin. We have a, a section on uh, creatures, great and small. We have uh, uh, we talk about ghosts, fairies, giants, sea monsters, pretty much everything you can think of. Uh, what about leprechauns? Sorry. Everybody Lep- talks about leprechauns. Leprechauns are actually one of the most popular yeah. uh, subjects because uh, the fairy uh, mythology is one is a very powerful undercurrent. In Celtic thought and Irish thought, particularly, uh, the leprechauns were actually an, uh, the offspring of a uh, of a, a human male and a fairy female. So they're a little bit bigger than typical. And don't ask me how they did it. It's it's, you know, it's, it's a family show. But they 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 they, uh, they, they the offspring of, were sometimes male and sometimes the males were unattractive. You know, you know, humanish instead of el- uh, fairyish, which are, fairies were always beautiful. So if they were even slightly unattractive, they were banished from the fairy uh, underworld. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were forced to live in the above-ground regions, uh, where they kind of in between the world of the of the humans and the worlds of the fairies. And as such, they were kind of outcasts and vagrants. And they ended up being uh, uh, sullen little tricksters who ended up stealing a lot of things, like gold and 
uh, you know, magical items and all kinds of all kinds of things that uh, they stashed away in their little uh, their warren or wherever they happen to hide. Uh, sometimes they could be nice, other other times they could be cruel and capricious. Uh, but they were always one of the most popular because they were kind of a trickster character in uh, Irish mythology, and tricksters are always the most interesting. Now, people go to uh, Ireland, and they also kiss the Blarney Stone. Mm-hmm. In County Cork and in, in Blarney Castle, mm-hmm. uh, there is a uh, an ancient stone of unknown origins, which is believed to have been possibly the Stone of Scone or uh, the, uh, the the Stone of Destiny, or some people even think it was, hails back to biblical times. But the uh, the uh, tradition is to kiss the stone; and it would make you eloquent. And that story came from the uh, the story of how Queen Elizabeth, who wanted her general to conquer uh, the region around Blarney and the castle, was always given a very plausible excuse by uh, by uh, King Cormac of the uh, who owned the castle. He'd always come with a very eloquent and long-winded reason why he shouldn't attack just that day, and the general would take that reason back to Elizabeth, and it would happen over and over again. And the stories would get more and more elaborate to the point where. Uh, it, the, uh, when, it, when you have a very good excuse uh, for getting out of uh, trouble, it became Elizabeth started calling it a load of Blarney. So that's where that term came from. So the, uh, the, the king of Blarney Castle was such a good speaker that he could even convince a general not to attack. What about the stories about the screaming banshees? Banshees are uh, actually not uh, fair, even though the name banshee means literally means. Uh, woman of the of the fairies. Mm-hmm. Ban means woman, and she means fairy. Uh, but they're actually a familiar family spirit, which follow particular Celtic family lines. They're kind of a sort of guardian angel, except kind of a creepy version. Ooh, I see. And they, uh, it's sort of maybe an ancestral spirit, which of a woman who had died, and early on in the line's creation, who was watching over the line. They've been known to follow people all over the world. Of Irish and uh, and Scottish extraction, and they're known to scream, to wail uh, right before someone is about to die. But of course, the person does who doesn't hear it is the one who dies. Uh, the, the saying goes, "If you don't hear the banshee wail, you're the one who's going to die." So, uh, and often people sometimes they'll make themselves visible, sometimes not. Sometimes they can appear as a beautiful woman, most, but most often as, as a, a very unattractive old. Haggish type woman dressed in black or gray. Doug, stand by. You and I have to take our news at the bottom of the hour. Doug Elwell is our special guest, Exxon Nation, and his website is www.mysteriousworld.com. Doug Elwell and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue talking about Ireland in uh, in advance of St. Patrick's Day next what Tuesday. That's right. My name's Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon Live Vendor on the World on the Talk Star Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. 
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. Doug Elwell's my special guest this hour, Exonation. He's got a fascinating site, and if you'd like to know all about Ireland, just go to www.mysteriousworld.com, and there's uh, quite a number of links there. It's a super it's a super site, and of course, Doug uh, has an ad in the X Chronicles that'll be coming out this weekend for the month of March. Doug, where does the uh, the unicorn come from in Ireland? The unicorn, I think, is actually more of a French uh, invention. It's a concept that came from France. But uh, there were, like I said before, there were a lot of Celts in France. Yeah. In fact, the Gauls are basically a Celtic people. Uh, as far as the unicorn goes, it's it's more of an interesting myth, but it's not specifically Irish per se. All right, you you said they had lake monsters or sea monsters. Oh yes, they have all kinds of uh, incredible uh, stories. I was quite impressed by the amount of uh, stories they had actually about lake monsters and sea serpents. Can you share a few of them with us? Absolutely. Uh, the sea monsters actually uh, they're actually one of the more common uh, mythical creatures found all over the world. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, for example. Uh, uh, the one called the Mordris, a uh, lake monster that believes Loch Rory and County Down. The Olafeist, which literally means like great, fabulous beast, uh, that it was part of the St. Patrick's story. It's, it's believed that uh, it was so huge that it actually carved out such a huge gouge that uh, one of these gouges later became the Shannon River. And uh, at one time, uh, St. Patrick came in contact with a one of these creatures, one of them, which was called a piast, which is probably the origin of the term the, uh, beast, or the actually the Celtic term beast, mm -hmm. is piast. Uh, and he actually, uh, this this beast actually was attacking a monastery in Glendalow, and uh, Saint Patrick he was eating the monks, and Saint Patrick came against him and uh, drove him from from the region. Uh, when when we were doing research, and I realized that piast is actually very similar. And description and even the name was very similar to a creature called the Piasaw creature. 
that's uh, located in, uh, off the Mississippi Bluffs of, uh, of near St. Louis. There's a, I don't know if you've ever heard of that. We did an article for that in Mysterious World called The Mysterious Piasaw Creature. And it was very, very similar to the uh, Piast of Celtic legend. I wonder if there's some kind of connection, perhaps linked up with Brendan's travels, because uh, he was said to have seen all kinds of fabulous creatures there. Right. And when he when he traveled west, he may have gone as far as America, or even up north into uh, into up the Mississippi River. But yeah, the the, the Piast was actually uh, one of the most famous legendary creatures. It was basically a creature which had, which had a human-like face, but uh, dragon-like scales and wings and a very, very long, looping tail. Uh, That's interesting, Doug, because it seems in every in every country's legend there are dragons of some sort. Reptilians. Yes, it's a common, it's a common uh, thing. Some people think it may have been when people came, uh, came up and dug up old prehistoric uh, skeletons of dinosaurs, they developed elaborate uh, uh, mythologies around ancient heroes battling giant dragons. Or maybe there were uh, large serpentine creatures alive for a period of time long after we thought they were extinct. It's not really clear. Food for thought, isn't there? Yeah, it's uh, quite possible some dinosaur remnants lived well uh, into historic, historical times. One of our listeners wanted to know if the Irish really invented green beer. <laughs> Probably. I think but it was actually more of a, an American invention, once again, which just became popular because everything green has got to be Irish around St. Patrick's. Green and beer, you know, it just goes together. Yeah, and apparently they dye the river in Chicago. Green. Yeah, I actually went there a couple of years ago, and they have, they had a, one part of the ceremony is they uh, they have a speedboat uh, dumping out uh, uh, a vegetable dye, which actually turns the, the entire Chicago River green for a period of a day. It used to be, back in the early days, they got the idea from a plumber who, uh, who lived, I think it was near the beginning of the 19th century, he used to use green dye to discover leaks that went into the Chicago River uh, by seeing where the dye went when he poured it into the, the pipes of the buildings. And uh, some local uh, 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 guys from a, a local union picked up the idea to turn the river green for the St. Patrick's Day Parade, and it stuck that way for a long time. Uh, they used a, kind of a non-environmentally friendly uh, oil-based paint, which kept the river green for several days. But they've since switched over to uh, green, green, if you will, uh, stuff, the organic green that won't pollute the river. But it was a very interesting story, and the, the same people who found out, who did the original dye job, mm-hmm. uh, still are in charge of that even today, and they actually sell T-shirts on a website. I think they're linked to, we have a link to them on our site, uh, ireland.mysteriousworld.com. You can actually buy a T-shirt to, from the people who do the who dye the uh, Chicago River. River green every year. Doug, as far as the historical cities in Ireland, uh, what are some of the most historic and most visited cities? Probably the most visited city would be Dublin. After that, Cork and uh, Kerry. The, the Ring of Kerry is probably the most popular area. Not one particular uh, city, but the entire ring, which is basically the, uh, the around the Kerry. Uh, Carriers of County on the southern uh, edge of Ireland, and there's there's a there's a road, winding road with a lot of great sites and wonderful natural uh, vistas. Uh, the Ring of Kerry is very popular. Uh, Ulster is also very popular. The uh, the northern areas, uh, uh, northwest. Uh, there's so much I, I lose track of it all. Um, let's see. 
what's the number one uh, industry in Ireland? Industry probably, right now, for a while it was technology. They were doing very well, known as the Celtic Tiger. Mm-hmm. They were doing comparably well with us uh, per capita in the technology sector. Their major export is actually, I think, still wool because uh, they have a huge cattle industry, and they also make a lot of beef, of course. Beer, naturally, is one of their major exports, even though it doesn't keep very well yeah. when you export it. Just the, the type of the beer they have, it's, it's always best when you drink it in the region. It was, it was brewed. Because even traveling a short distance, it tends to lose its flavor for some reason. Now, wasn't there a lot of problems with their sheep a couple of years ago? Um, I don't know. Just, just trying to think of the uh, the illness that uh, that swept through uh, the majority of the uh, flocks, and they lost quite a bit of sheep. If I've been in the UK, that was a problem. With Ireland, it, oh, they're okay. a little different over there. Things are a little more dispersed and not as uh, mechanized as it is in the UK, so they're more shielded against that sort of disease disease problems. But uh, they might have, they probably were hit by it by some extent. But. People traveling over to Ireland, uh, what can they expect? Uh, they can expect a very clean and well-ordered country. Uh, there's been no problems with terrorism in the north for years, and there isn't going to be any time soon. There was a minor incident recently, but that was just one little deal. Uh, for the, it's, I would say Ireland is as or more orderly than the United States. The cities are very safe. Uh, the countryside is beautiful, and the people are always very friendly. And you could actually sit down in a bar and have a pint with somebody, and they'll probably talk to you and tell you about their local stories. They're all, they're all very proud of their local stories, and every city has its own little story. Because quite a few of them have St. Patrick stories, as you can imagine, or mm-hmm. St. Brendan stories. Sure. Or uh, in the West, you have the, uh, the Tuatha de Danann, in the West and the South, stories of the Tuatha de Danann and the, uh, the wars and their, and their magic and all kinds of wonderful uh, legends that uh, we cover very thoroughly in Mysterious World Island. As far as uh, money is concerned, uh, how you know what is the is their currency um, pounds over in Ireland? It's or is uh, it the euro? The, uh, in the north, it's uh, pounds. It's the, uh, the British area, but in the south, mo- the majority of the country is on the euro. And uh, yeah, the Canadian or the Amer- uh, let's use the American dollar is what would a person get in euros for an American dollar? Last time I looked, it was it was a 1.5 to 1 uh, in favor of the euro. So it's more expensive to go there than it is for an Irish person to come here, for example, because mm-hmm. our currency is still weaker. I'd have to check that, though. It's been a while. People go to Ireland. They have a good time. Are the accommodations very expensive? Is the food expensive? It's, it's, it's all very moderate. It depends on what you want to do. If you go with the B&Bs, you can get by uh, pretty cheaply. If you go by hotels... It'll be a little more expensive. Uh, a lot of people like to do backpacking, so they go to hostels and get a very mm-hmm. cheap rate there. Students do that quite often. Uh, just to avoid taking taxis, apparently, because they're very expensive. <laughs> probably you'll want to go with a bus tour or some kind of package tour. That's probably the cheapest way to go. Right. Uh, but go on. The, che- the cheapest way to go, and probably see the most stuff when you do a package tour. If you want to just uh, see, you could just stay in Dublin for a couple of weeks and never see all of it. The first thing I'll do when I finally go there, I've never actually been there, by the way. I was just a publisher and co-author, and the main author is named Ian Middleton. He was the guy who did the actual footwork. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, When I actually do go there, I'd probably go to Dublin and spend some, a couple of weeks there because they have all the major attractions there. The National Museum with the Book of Kells. Uh, they have the um, number of excellent museums and also uh, Dublinia. Uh, and uh, the, there's a great section there. 
some wonderful restaurants in the downtown there. It's an absolutely fantastic area. Dublin's probably the best place to go if you're not sure where to go first. After that, I would say the, the Ring of Kerry is also probably the most popular area to go. Uh, are there a lot of uh, his? Are there a lot of uh, castles that uh, that are open to the public, and are any of the castles uh, bed and breakfast where the public can actually spend a night in an Irish castle? You know, there's a very good castle in near Dublin that you probably might your people, your uh, listeners might be interested in going to. Let me get the name here. It's uh, it's basically associated with uh, Bram Stoker and the whole Dracula. Experience. Oh, really? Because Bram Stoker actually he was he was a Dubliner. He, uh, he lived in, in Dublin, and he got a lot of his ideas for his stories from the, uh, Irish mythology. And, uh, and I'm not sure about the Dracula per se, but... And not to mention a few of the uh, Dublin uh, pints, I would imagine. Yeah, he's, he was very much into that. He was uh, There's actually a Bram Stoker museum uh, uh, called the Bram Stoker Experience, which, uh, which uh, was very highly rated. Um, oh, here it is. Clontarf Castle in uh, North Dublin. Basically, it's associated with uh, King Brian Baru and also with uh, uh, Bram Stoker. It's a very beautiful uh, old castle, which has been turned into a very nice hotel. Uh, I recommend that one. It looks like a really good one, actually. It's got it's gotten very good reviews, and it's it's very historical because uh, Brian Baru's last stand against the Vikings was was uh, fought there. You know, King Brian Baru was the first and only king to really unite Ireland and Irish history. He was actually a descendant of the Tuatha Dé Danann, who lived in the south and and in, uh, uh, in the Alkanacht areas, in the southwest. And he actually was able to unite the entire Ireland and drive out the Vikings for a period of time. Uh, but unfortunately, he died uh, during the last battle to unite Ireland, and soon thereafter, Ireland uh, fell into chaos again. Seems to be their uh, their destiny. But um, that area is extremely. Uh, Interesting for a number of reasons. Ancient history, uh, Patrick has, uh, came by near there. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's more recently, there's a Bram Stoker who's associated with the area. Uh, Jim Fitzpatrick, the guy who did a lot of those wonderful illustrations, uh, he's well known for his Celtic illustrations, also lives in that area. Even though I wouldn't tell you where he lived. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, a, he's a very popular part of, uh, of London, or of, of Dublin, it's the northern area. Yeah, the Lusk Church uh, in that region is actually one of the first churches in Ireland. Uh, the cave of uh, Derwood and Grania, mm-hmm. very popular Irish folklore, and some very good dol- very good dolmens and uh, standing stones to visit that region as well. Do you know of any don't do's in Ireland? Well, let's see. Don't do's in Ireland. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't take I wouldn't, anybody's. Uh, I wouldn't wear orange in, a <laughs> in certain <laughs> certain areas. I wouldn't wear green in certain areas uh-huh. in the north, but uh, in the, particularly in. Uh, Downtown, um, uh, what's the name? What's, what's the name of that? Uh, uh, in this part of the north, it could be dangerous. But the, when Ian went there, he actually had a very good time. Even some of the more "quote unquote" dangerous areas, people are still very friendly. And what is one time when his van broke down during his trip, uh, one guy actually fixed it for free. Uh, he was amazed by that. By that. The, the Irish people are very friendly and accommodating. They just like to have a good conversation a lot of the time. And, Good conversation over a pint is worth money to them, I think. Worth more than money. Well, I think a good conversation is worth more than money, in my opinion. That is so true. That is so true. Doug, uh, what has been the greatest point of satisfaction for you and your and uh, the rest of your staff in putting together your travel guides? I think uh, 
I've always been a lover of books. I'm a, a terrific bibliophile. I've spent way too much on books. I have most of a bookcase filled with books in Ireland that I'd use for research. Just reading about Ireland, I just found fascinating while listening to Irish music. It's a wonderful experience. Um, so I guess it's like fine wine. It's it's a refined taste, but once you get into it, it's, it's there's nothing be you can't beat it except for maybe an actual trip to Ireland. And reading about Irish history and, and mythology was just one of the more wonderful experiences of my life. And writing a book about it was a tremendous, tremendously satisfying experience, definitely. Are you going to be doing any other books on on any other parts of of Europe? Well, uh, Ian actually went to New Zealand afterwards. We never we haven't had a chance to do a book on that yet. That's probably our next travel guide. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty popular area. Uh, probably a much smaller book, so it'll be cheaper to do. <laughs> New Zealand's a much smaller country, but it's a pretty popular place to go. It's been consistently rated one of the best places to go uh, by various travel organizations for years now. And of course, the Lord of the Rings is filmed there, so that's, that's right. Yeah. Increases popularity. Uh, if we wish we'd be able to publish it a few years back, the Lord of the Rings mania's died down a bit, but it's still a great place to go. You can see all many of the the, the spots that they filmed, uh, pretty much the entire film. It's a beautiful country. Doug, we've got to we've got to take a commercial break. Stand by. Doug Elwell is our special guest. The uh, website is Ireland.mysteriousworld.com. That's Ireland.mysteriousworld. Dot com. My name's Rob McConnell and Doug Elwood and I will be Elwell and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue from our studios in St. Catharines, Ontario on Talkstar. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network. Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Oh yeah, many a nights in Montreal at the Cock and Bull, and then at uh, Flanagan's, and then we'd go to Finnegan's. It was great being Irish every Friday night. Hmm. Doug Elwell's our special guest. The website is www.ireland.mysteriousworld.com. Doug, what is the best time of year to go to Ireland uh, for the best weather? Best weather is the height of uh, summer because most of the year it's cold and rainy. Uh, there's a period between, uh, let's say, like you might expect, between June 15 and August 15 for us, the warmest. But if you go off-season uh, during the late spring or early fall, avoid most of the crowds. And that's always a good idea. Yeah, it, there's quite crowded during peak season. And I would imagine now uh, on the off-season uh, the uh, traveler would also save some money? Off-season is always cheaper. Uh, wintertime, if you can stand it, probably the best time. There are things you can see in the wintertime uh, that you can't see uh, during the summer. For example, the Festival of the Wren and the, and the Boxing Day, which they celebrate over there. The Festival of the Wren, they actually, in some areas of the country, still have the Wren boys who go around singing about uh, the tale of the wren. It's just kind of a uh, druidic custom that held over from ancient times. It's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, basically, the wren boys go around asking for money to, to bury the wren, which had died. <laughs> it's just kind of a little funny little folklore. Uh, and there, are, there are things that go on throughout the year, festivals. We have an entire huge listing of festivals that go, go around year-round. 
sometimes if you go during the summer, you'll miss out some of the better festivals. So, uh, for example, the St. Patrick's Day Festival, which, which is gigantic, it's March 17th. Uh, so year-round is always stuff to do, and of course it would be cheaper if you went off in uh, off-peak season. Do you have any uh, Do you have any advice for travelers who are thinking about going to Ireland? I would say uh, now's a pretty good time because, uh, generally speaking, one of the reasons we chose Ireland is because our theory is that uh, the non-Western cultures are become, going to become more and more dangerous to visit, and that's been been true, uh, increasingly true. For example, Mexico. Uh, they're having travelers' advisories there now because of the problems down there. Mm-hmm. You would have never thought of that five, ten or even five years ago, but now That's it's so true, yeah. un- ill-advised. But Ireland's not going to be a problem anytime soon, as is most of Western Europe and Northern Europe. So for that reason alone, Ireland's a great place to go. Like I said before, the people are very friendly. The uh, euro uh, has gone down in value compared to the, compared to the dollar and the, and the Canadian dollar, I believe, Uh in recent years, not a lot more, but it's definitely cheaper than it was. It was two to one, almost two to one, uh, when we wrote the book back in 2000, late 2006. So it's cheaper now to go. Uh, also, people aren't going as often, so you can probably get better rates. I uh, guess people are cutting back on their vacationing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can get better rates, uh, better you know, hotel rates, better food, better, everything's going to be cheaper. How are the airfares uh, going over to Ireland? Are they, uh, I haven't checked the airfares, no. but I suspect everything is cheaper. <laughs> Doug, I want to take this opportunity, my friend, of thanking you very much for joining us tonight. And uh, to you and yours, a very happy St. Patrick's Day. You too, Rob. Take care, Doug. Look forward to talking to you the next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Doug Elwell, www.ireland.mysteriousworld.com. When we come back from the news at the top of the hour at six and a half minutes past, we'll be joined by Sue Allen. We're going to be talking to Sue about... Demonic possession, spirit release, and psychic attacks. That's coming up next on the Exxon after this word from our sponsor and the news. That means I'll be back at six and a half minutes past the hour. And if you'd like to give us a call and say hi to Sue, one 877 That's toll free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii at one 877 you're listening to the Exxon Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Progressive presents Married to Your Home. I'm disgusting. Oh, house, don't say that. You could live someplace so much better than me. That's not true. Oh, yeah? Look at these uneven stairs. Gross. House, you know I don't care. Ugh, and the squeaky door hinge. I think it's cute. No matter how much you already love your house, you'll love it more knowing you could save big bundling your home and auto with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations.